Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. today, this afternoon, we'll continue on the same theme, and it will be part two, if you're taking any notes, on the value of godly relationships. Let me begin by saying that godly relationships in the kingdom of God are like treasures here on earth. They are of high value and importance to God, our Heavenly Father, and His Kingdom. So much of our walk with God is dependent upon the quality and the strength of our relationships. Here are some of the benefits of godly relationships. One of the things that relationships will do for you is that they will make way for you and take you into places where nothing else will. Our relationship, for example, with our Lord Jesus brings us into the very presence of God. Imagine that. Into the very throne room of His grace, where we obtain, according to Hebrews chapter 4, where we obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, that is only possible by the virtue of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Through my relationships with certain individuals, I was given access into countries, into cities, into communities, and was able to establish ministry, and ministries, and through them extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom. Places like the United States, Greece, Cyprus, Canada, Zimbabwe, and other places were wide open for my ministry because of the godly relationships I have established with individuals over the years in these countries. It is through these spiritual relationships that our lives are enriched and they are blessed with opportunities, they blessed with favor, they blessed with spiritual impartation, with counsel and correction, as well as encouragement and comfort. I've heard someone once say, that relationships are like elevators. You know, you get into an elevator and either you go up or you go down. The godly relationships will always propel you to go upward and forward, whereas unauthorized or ungodly relationships will take you down and always away from God and His purposes. Another thing that relationships will do for us is that they determine 
the boundaries of our influence in Christ. We cannot exert influence on anyone that we do not have a relationship with. And that's true. Relationships will also mark the boundaries of our prayer life. You always pray and pray fervently for people you have a relationship with and people who are close to your heart, people you care about. You pray for them because you have a relationship. Therefore, our relationships will always determine the boundaries of our prayer life. You want to expand the boundaries of your prayer life, you expand the area of your relationships. Now, it is obvious that through our relationships that this ministry is upheld and provided for financially. All of our support, not just some, but all of it, comes from people we enjoy a godly relationship. Some of them for many, many years. Others, they've just entered the fold. But nevertheless, it is through these godly relationships that we are upheld, we are provided for, we are prayed for, we are covered, and, and so on. So many benefits flow out of godly relationships. In fact, harmonious relationships, the Bible says, determine answered prayer. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Peter writes to husbands and he says the following. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Here we see that harmonious relationships are determining our answered prayer. In fact, the Lord Jesus said that we cannot worship God beyond the level or the quality of our relationships. And you remember what he said? We mentioned this last week, but I believe that it bears repetition. In Matthew 5, verse 22 through to 24, he said, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. You see, the Lord will not accept anything from us unless our relationships are in order and they are according to the Word of God. They are restored, they're healthy, and, um, and they're strong. Lee Grady, I wrote a number of years ago an article by Lee Grady on the subject of relationships, and it still has an impact on what I read. And I'm just 
going to read a portion of what he said, and I'm reading from his, uh, his writing. This is Lee Grady, who was, uh, I think, a contributor to Charisma magazine. This is what he said, and I'm quoting. He said, Jesus called us into friendship, not just with him, but also with his followers. Christianity at its core is about relationships. Unlike Eastern religions in which individuals seek a solitary Zen-like state to discover truth, Christianity calls us to follow God as a loving community. When the Bible, while the Bible certainly contains theology, it is not a book of dry doctrines. It is a dramatic account of men and women who learn to love each other as they followed God. Jesus modeled this message by investing time in his disciples. He didn't float around on a pillow like Yoda while dispensing otherworldly wisdom. He hiked through Israel with his friends. They got their feet dirty together. He fished with them, ate with them, and just hang out with them. Mark 3.14 says that Jesus appointed the twelve so they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. Notice that his relationship with them was not just about the task of ministry. He wanted their fellowship. We sometimes get this backwards. We tend to value religious performance, yet we are often bankrupt when it comes to friendships. We sit together in countless meetings, but never open our hearts to each other. Even ministers have admitted to me that they have no friends. We, we've created a robotic, pro, programized Christianity that counts heads but lacks the heart of New Testament love. I've had enough of this sterile religion. I've learned that ministry is not about getting big crowds, filling seats, tabulating response cards, or eliciting applause. It's not about running on the church growth treadmill. Religion that focuses on externals is performance-based. How would you assess your friendship with God? <clears throat> he asks the question. Intimate? Professional? Distant? cold. And what about your relationships with others? Do you have close friends or do you live out your faith in solitary confinement? I tell Christians all over the world that they need three kinds of relationships in their lives. And he explains that. He says, first of all, we need Paul's. Pauls are like spiritual fathers and mothers you trust. All of us need older, wiser Christians who can guide us, pray for us, and offer counsel. My mentors have encouraged me when I wanted to quit and propelled me forward when I had lost sight of God's promise. In the journey of faith, you do not have to feel your way in the dark. God gave Ruth and Naomi and Joshua and Moses 
So ask the Lord for a mentor. And then he says, number two, we need Barnabases. Barnabases are spiritual peers who are bosom friends. They know everything about you, yet they love you anyway. They are also willing to kick your tail if necessary. They provide accountability in areas of personal temptation, and they will stay up all night praying for you when you face a crisis. And then Timothy's. Timothy's are the younger Christians you're helping to grow. Jesus never told us to assemble crowds, but he did command us to make disciples. Relational discipleship takes a lot of time and energy, but investing your life in others is one of the most fulfilling experiences in life. Once you have poured your life into another brother or sister and watched them mature in Christ, you will never settle for superficial religion again. Jesus said, said it best when he told his followers, no longer do I call you slaves, but I call you friends. For all things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And he ends with this saying, the Christian life is a vibrant love relationship with God, but it doesn't end there. I pray you open your heart and invest in the people around you. I found this such, um, not just an interesting, but very impactful uh, writing by Lee Grady. And it's time, us believers, we come back to the foundations that Christianity is all about relationships. Now, because relationships play such an important role in our Christian walk, we need to study and learn how to nurture and strengthen such relationships. We need to build on solid foundations upon which they can last and be a blessing. Now, this is an area, I believe, where we desperately need to attend to and improve because somewhat it is lacking. Allow me to explain. When it comes to strengthening our relationships, the problem that we have many times is that the basis upon which we relate is primarily selfish and very shallow. And whether we like to admit it, this is the truth. For example, what do I mean by it is primarily the basis we relate is primarily selfish and shallow. For example, we relate to God on the basis of reward rather than in response to who he really is. We come to him because of what he can do for us rather than relating on the basis of who he is. You know, when my children were small, now my grandchildren, they relate to me, but they relate on the basis of what I can give them. And every time they see me, usually they look to my hands. 
Papu, have you, what have you got? You know, and they are anxiously waiting to get something. So, but when we grow, when we mature, we begin to change the basis upon which we relate to God and the basis upon we, which we relate to those whom God has called us to walk together. Now, for, for example, if the foundation upon which we relate to God is based on reward, then when he does not perform the way we expect or want him to, we often, the temptation is always there to get offended and withdraw. And many hearts in the church today have withdrawn from intimacy with the Lord and have gone astray because they are offended, because in some area of their lives, maybe the answers, the prayers were not answered, or maybe God didn't act or didn't do what they expected him to do. Now, that's the wrong way to relate to someone. Now, this is the way we usually relate to other people as well. Uh, if our primary motive for relating is not, is not birthed out of love and respect, then somewhere down the road, when they don't perform the way we expect them to, then the relationship runs the risk of, of being shipwrecked. Now, for example, We call people when we are in trouble or need something from them. I mean, we've always done it. I've done it. You've done it. And, and many times we do that. There's nothing wrong with it, but we must grow further than that. We relate so that we can further our cause or our dream rather than helping those that we relate to to fulfill their dreams their goals, their aspirations, or become an answer to their prayer or to the desire of their heart. Now, hidden agendas, selfish motives, are usually the reasons behind our efforts to relate. Now, this is a selfish way of relating to anyone. And of course, if that relationship continues that way, Sooner or later, those kind of relationships will die and will not last. Why? Because they are founded upon the wrong foundation. It's not scriptural. If we relate in order to take only rather than to give, then we will end up bankrupting those relationships. And many relationships that were destined to be to be fruitful and, and to bring great fruit and results in the kingdom have gone bankrupt because we've bankrupted those relationships. We only take rather than give and serve and come underneath and bless and help and encourage and uplift. Now, of course, that takes place as we mature in the Lord and as we grow in our knowledge and understanding of the Christ-like character. Let's, let's look at Jesus as our example. Jesus' way of relating to the Father was very different from ours. He had no hidden agendas, no selfish motives when it came to his relationship with his Heavenly Father. 
He loved his father's presence. He enjoyed spending time with his father. And his entire life and ministry was focused on serving and giving to his father because of who he is. In fact, he said that he never does anything that will detract or take away from his relationship with his father. He did not relate to God on the basis of reward, but on the basis of love and godly reverence. Now, if our relationships in all spheres of life are to be long-lasting, God-honoring, and richly rewarding, we need to establish the right foundations and the basis upon which we relate. For example, how do you relate to the church or the ministry you are part of? Do you relate only on the basis of what the church or the ministry can do for you? Or what you can do for your church and for the group of people that God has called you to walk together? Is your relationship based on giving and serving the house with what God has blessed you with? Or is it based only on what you can receive from them? This is a, this is a very pertinent question. And we, all of us need to ask that question because that will determine the level of our maturity in the Lord. Do you value and respect the people you relate to for who they are? Or do you see them as stepping stones to your success or as people who can meet your needs? This is the reason I believe why we see so many relationships on all levels break up and fall apart. When individuals in relationships don't receive what they feel uh, or what they, they, they feel they are entitled to, then they feel justified many times in walking away from them. And we see this in marriages almost every day. My partner didn't, doesn't treat me the way she should or the way he should. He doesn't respect me the way he should. So that justifies me in, uh, in leaving that relationship or breaking it up. And we see this in churches as well, where individuals cannot settle in one place because they go from place to place looking to receive rather than committing to serve with whatever God has blessed them with, giving of themselves. You see, godly relationships are not just one way. It is giving and receiving, always. It takes both sides. We give, but we also receive. We don't just receive, but we also give. We don't just give, but there comes a time where we receive uh, that which we need at the time. Now, I believe that relationships are a very fertile ground to invest our lives into. Not just our resources, but our gifts, our time, our prayer, and our effort. 
New Testament teaching, especially the epistles, they emphasize how valuable and important right relationships are in the eyes of God. They are full of instructions on how to preserve, how to maintain, how to enrich, and how to maintain and nurture godly relationships. You will find statements, many statements such as love one another, pray for one another, admonish one another, forgive one another, help one another, encourage one another, submit to one another, and on and on the list goes. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, much of our time, energy, and resources ought to be devoted to maintaining, cultivating, communicating, and nurturing the relationships God the Father has blessed us with. One of the things that I thank God daily, daily, is the relationships that the Father has blessed me with. They are rich, rewarding, fruitful. I respect and honor them, those relationships, and I endeavor to pray daily, to communicate, to inquire, to show care and concern, because I know they are God's treasures that are given to me to look after, to shepherd, to pray for, and to give oversight to. And I am very thankful to the Lord for the quality of relationships that is given me. So if we truly value relationships, then our hearts, I believe, should wrap itself around those relationships and truly pursue those things which will enhance and stimulate godly relationships. And every time we choose to invest in these relationships, I believe that according to the scriptures, we store up treasure in heaven. As Jesus said, do not store up treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal, but invest in the kingdom of God, in, 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 in these relationships that are so precious to the Lord and to us. And through them, I believe, through these relationships, our lives will be enriched, blessed, and fruitful in the kingdom. And I believe, as I've mentioned to you last Sunday, that the church will function in the way the Lord intended it to work and function if we truly understand and have a revelation of the value of these relationships. Because in the kingdom of God, anything that is not built on relationships is illegitimate and will not last. Today, in many churches, we have substituted relationships for programs. We emphasize and promote programs. We spend enormous amount of time and resources on, adver on advertising methods for growth 
rather than investing in people and building godly relationships. When a church goes through turbulent times, the people that will remain and will be strong and steadfast are the people that have strong connections with each other. They will withstand any attack, whether that attack is from within or from without. Now, when the church in Corinth experienced major problems, Paul did not send them a method or a program. You know what he sent them? He sent them a relationship with a spiritual son. He sent them Timothy to rectify the ills in the church and restore divine order. He writes to them and he says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. And then he goes on to say, For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. What did Paul send the Corinthians? You see, when you're in trouble, many times the Lord sends you a godly relationship. And I've experienced this many, many times in my 43 years of walk with God. Whenever I went through a turbulent times, painful times, God always sent me a brother, a sister, who was right there, who understood me, encouraged me, and helped me in my time of trouble. In fact, the Word of God says that a brother is born in a time of adversity. You see, when we are in trouble, that's what God does. He sends us a person, a physical flesh and blood person who will walk alongside us and will encourage us and he will strengthen us. That is, God does it through that person, through that relationship. It's, it's incredible the way our Heavenly Father works. He always works through relationships. You know, at one time, a major ministry in the United States was in financial trouble. So the guy, the pioneer, came on the screen of the television and he said, Thank God funds came in and the ministry is rescued and we will continue. And somebody corrected him. He said, the funds didn't come just out of nowhere. He said, funds come from friends. It was relationships that bailed him out. It wasn't money. Amen. And sometimes we think we need more money or we need more strength or we need... What we need is to nurture those godly relationships that God has given us that uh, because this is how God works. He will work through relationships. For example, once again, when the church in Crete needed to establish divine order in the things that were lacking, Paul sent them a relationship that he valued highly. He sent them one of his spiritual sons, Titus, Listen to what he writes uh, to Titus in Titus chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. 
to Titus, a true son in our common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. You see, there were things that were out of order in Crete. What did Paul do? He sent them a relationship. And through that relationship, a spiritual son, he was able to establish order in the church of Crete. Another example. This is huge. When God the Father wanted to save the world and redeem us, as well as all of his creation, he didn't choose to send an army. He didn't just send us a book. He sent us his son, the Lord Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Folks, I want to emphasize the importance, the value that we should place on godly relationships. I believe that, especially in huge and large churches, people are just a number in a huge church. And they come and go. Nobody ever bothers or cares to, uh, to call them, to visit with them, to minister to them. They just come in, they listen to a sermon, and they go out. And we have thousands of people like that in churches today that are disconnected, lonely, frustrated, because they have not experienced genuine love and care which comes from godly relationships. And you know, relationships... Um, you don't have to be physically close to someone to have a relationship. In fact, I am more close to people who are thousands of miles across the oceans. I share an intimate, rich, close relationship with them than I share with some people that are very close physically. You see, there are no distance in the spirit. These are spiritual relationships that we're talking about. These are relationships that are birthed by the Spirit and are given to us by the Lord in order to fulfill the God-given purpose that is given us. And so the life of the church, I believe, or any ministry, is in the quality of her relationships. Where there are healthy and mature relationships, the church will grow in strength, as well as in numbers. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That tells me that the body is what gives growth to the church by what every joint supplies. You see, you have a supply 
that I need. I have a supply in the spirit that you need. And as we are joined and knit together by these joints or godly relationships, the word of God says, and everyone does its share, giving and receiving, it causes growth to the whole body for the edifying of itself in love. So I trust that you will view relationships in a new light. You will consider the people that God placed in your life. You will invest in them spiritually in prayer. You will endeavor to communicate and to encourage or whatever the Lord by his spirit places on your heart. Because that is how we bring growth to the whole body. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious gift of relationships that you've blessed us with. Primarily our relationship with your, with your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. With you, our Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit. And with the rest of the body that you have joined us together. We value these relationships. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to deepen our knowledge and revelation concerning the value and the importance of these relationships. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org. Dot ZA.